And, and uh, if you don't believe me, if anyone listening doesn't believe me, and they have a penis, stick their penis into an electrical socket, and you'll see that that makes the electricity work. Hi there, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Hav and Charles Talk Comics. Today is a a retrospective. A retrospective. It's not a clip show. We are not doing a clip show. I promise this will not be a clip show. A clip show would mean I would have to go back through all the old podcasts and pull out clips. So Charles's laziness is saving y'all from a clip show. I'm here with Hav, as usual. Hi, Hav. How are you? Hi, Charles. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. So we were going to be dropping in this slot a different episode. It was going to be one where we had Caesar on and we talked about Thor Love and Thunder. We attempted to record that last weekend and it went poorly. Not because Caesar was bad or it went poorly because we couldn't talk or do anything. We just had massive technical problems, including by the end of it, my mic quit working. And I just want everybody to know it was not because every other word Charles was cursing during that one, cracking me and Caesar up incessantly, where he was just, and again, very fluid, just in just the way, just that's his bag now, apparently. He just likes, he likes the naughty words. No, I'm joking. It was, it was a bunch of technical, diff- I mean, everybody was having it. I think I locked up at one point, Caesar did, and then I won't, and then at the end, it was just, everything just started failing. Yeah, so I decided since we've missed, I'm sorry, we decided, well, okay, we didn't decide. I decided that I was refusing to miss another drop date since we've already missed two this season. And Hav and I came up with the idea to do a kind of a retrospective about what we've talked about, what we liked about what we've done, and just hit kind of some high topics. So all of our fans, all of you wonderful people who actually listen to our podcast and put up with us. I'm saying that because I know Hav has personal friends that listen to this and they have to put up with him. They do. They really do. We we uh, both did some prep work. I actually did some prep work. I actually took notes on some of this stuff, which truth be told, I felt a little dirty. Actually, no, I really actually, actually, no, I really actually, actually, no, I really actually. Wow. I took a lot. I, I enjoyed taking the notes, believe it or not. Did you actually take the notes? I, I actually took the notes and I actually enjoyed them. Did you, I, or did you just think about and fantasize about taking the notes and and then not do it? No. Nope. Or did you actually? I'm just trying to see how many times we can say actually. I actually took the notes. Okay. I did. I'm looking Sorry. at them. I'm looking at them right now. I That is cool that you took notes. And isn't it kind of addictive once you start taking notes, you start jotting down other things, other things, other things, and it gets kind of like addictive? No. Oh, that maybe it's just me. Okay, never mind. Now you made me feel silly. No, no, that no, that's fine. I do not think I will ever be taking notes while I read a comic. I get engrossed in what I'm reading and what I'm doing and don't take notes. What I might do is sit down after I've read something and write down some thoughts about it. Maybe that will give us some more order in what we talk about. Oh, that's I, I don't necessarily take notes when I'm reading it the first go. I'll, once I'm done 
A, I'll go, I'll jot down some stuff. I'll go back, like sometimes we've had some comic books, quite frankly, there's so many characters where I'm like, I don't remember half the characters, so I'll just go back. I, I, I wonder where we get those team book boy. I, I was going to talk about that, of course, today. Yeah. And then I'll go back and take some screenshots when I think about it and have time. See, I, right. I do I, I do screenshots as I go through, although I've been bad about that lately. I haven't been Me taking too. screenshots, which is, I, I think part of the reason why I've kind of backed off is it's just so much more difficult to deal with the screenshots while we're talking about actually doing the podcast. So yeah, I also wanted to mention off the top, we are going to still do as we as we advertised or teased at the end of the last episode, we are still planning to do the episode where I suggest a snackle puss to Charles and Charles suggested invincible and we're still going to have Patrick on. Uh, to talk about that, just not this go around, and and it'll be the next one is the plan, right? That is the plan, yes. Okay. And again, if we have anybody that's listening for the first time, the whole general format of our uh, lovely podcast, Hava Charles Talk Comics, is Charles suggests something for me to read. Generally, it's a little bit uh, newer a lot of times, and, uh, good. and and generally good. And then I will suggest something to char- for Charles to read. A lot of times. I'm saying I'm batting about 50% now. It's something that I remember fondly from the 80s, and and then we talk about it here on the uh, podcast. That is. That is us in a nutshell. And speaking of what you said earlier about not a clip show, I, I was about to like send you a text like trying to be serious about really insisting that, no, 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 I think for it to be really funny and good, it should just be a clip show. And not because I really wanted to do that, because it would be an insane amount of work. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Going through how many episodes did we have last year? Like, okay. We did 15 last year and we have done 11 so far this year, not counting yeah. this one. Are you, how many hours of audio that would be? And I just, I was going to like be really insistent, like, man, I think it'd be worth it to take the time to do it. I was going to offer to help out and actually to show, and I was like, you know what? No, I don't have the effort to try to make that joke work. So well, yeah. Anyways. Well, well, that's why, that's why I have, I have tentatively titled this episode JCTC bonus re- retrospective, quote, not a clip show. I'm sorry, awesome. those are parentheses I used and not quotes. I will learn my, uh, it's a parenthetical. Yes, yes, Hav is, yes, Hav was doing, showing parentheses, but it looked like he was trying to grab boobs and then he did finger quotes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so hey, so yeah, so we've been doing this for a little while now. Yeah, about a year and a half. Yeah, I'm looking, our first episode of season one dropped May of 2021. Yeah, but so we recorded the, that way before then. Right, because we had some in the can, right? Yeah, and we actually, from when we decided to start this, I would say we started it really talking and pushing forward in December of 2020. Yeah, yes. And Charles was the leading force, I will say. And I know we've mentioned it at, at different times in getting this whole thing off the ground. For years, I just kind of would just say when we'd be out hanging out with friends that it'd be fun to do a podcast because I think... We have a lot of friends that are fun and funny, and we talk about a lot of stuff that I'm like, gosh, that would be fun to listen to later or roll tape on that. And But it was just a big general idea. And then... Well, I, beyond that, you the, the real part about it was it was a lot harder back because when you say for a long time you did this, this was, I don't know, eight or nine years ago where it was not as easy to just uh, shove a mic into a computer. As far as I know, it might have been, but I was I did do a slight bit of research back then and I was like, oh man, that's buying a... There was more equipment to buy than just a couple of mics for us because that's basically all we've purchased. Now, I, I ended up buying a new laptop to do this because my computer was going out, but I'd have had to buy a new 
laptop anyway. So the ease of entry has gone way down uh, because, I mean, there's free software out there with Audacity. There's all of this stuff that makes it a lot easier. Yeah, I don't doubt that that is the case because the little I looked into it, I mean, there were things when I kind of Googled it way back when, it was, you'd have to be in some these like professional looking mix boards that you could buy and hook up to your computer and... I was like, geez, Louise, okay, never mind. Oh, well, the, yeah. Those those still exist. If we ever go in-house, it would probably make it easier if we got something like that. Since we still do this over the internet, but at some point we might start doing this at one of our places together into one computer. There are a few ways to run two... There are a few different types of software where you can actually run two mics directly into the USB ports, but you have to get some different software to do that. Huh, okay. Yeah. But there's other ways. And the price point on a lot of this stuff has come down because they're making things for podcasters to just plug into it, plug a couple of mics into it. So, And that's been our, our segment on podcast technology, then and now. Once, so, again, yeah. once again, a riveting podcast by Hav and Charles. Hav and Charles talk stuff no one cares about. And I want to thank everybody. Oh, go ahead. Brought to you by the public library. You're not going to finish it? You got to finish it. Oh, it's free, yo. Okay. I was going to say, Jesus, like, you're going to kill me there if you didn't finish that. No. Oh, so, and, uh, so Charles, you know, like, like he was saying a little bit, uh, towards the end of 2020 was like, look, we're going to do this. And then early 2021, it was, Hey, just kept on. Here's the, we got a website. I'm going to, got the Twitter ready. And then finally it was like, Hey, here's the mic I bought. You buy a mic. Let's do this thing. And, it's something that was a good idea and I was enthused to do and technology does scare me. So <laughs> just the fact that I was able to plug in the USB mic and make this all work, I was very proud of myself, but it's been fun and I've said it every time, but thank you, Charles, for putting it all together and getting it, getting it, getting it up and running. It's, it's been awesome and fun and I hope everybody, and I thank everybody for listening and I hope you all enjoy listening to us uh, talk comics uh, every couple of weeks when we're when we're doing it consistently what one point on technology and you so yes he did get a mic yes he did plug it into his laptop to use no he did not use that mic for i don't know the first six or seven podcasts he was actually using the mic on the laptop it sounded like he was at the bottom of an elevator <laughs> Yeah, so he went they're... so hold on. He went so far because <laughs> one of the things is he had it sitting on the table. We thought maybe that was it because we have a little little mic stand. So I convinced him to use the arm that we have. It's a boom arm that he's showing it to y'all who cannot see in this audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> Only I can see that, huh? I know. Uh, put your shirt back on. Oh, he's uh, fine. So I suggested he use the arm that came. And he said, oh, mine didn't come with one. I'm like, you bought the same one I did. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I bought the. Oh, you mean the, yeah, um, I threw that out. Accidentally. Uh-huh. I think I, I, I didn't mean to. It's just okay. I hadn't used it in, mo- in like a few weeks or months since I got it. And I think we were doing like a cleaning, you know, cleaning up and throwing out junk. And it was in a random brown, you know, cardboard box. Yeah, see what it came in. He's saying it was in a rand- random brown cardboard box. But actually what that random brown cardboard box was, was a carrying case for all of, for the microphone and all the accoutrements with a cutout place for each thing. So if he needs to travel with his mic, he could have put it in that. So go ahead. Anyway, so yeah, so I got another stand. So he bought, I, I found 
two or three boom mics he could buy, and he decided he would just buy a whole nother setup. <laughs> yeah, well, because I wasn't sure if the mic would sit in those other, you know, boom mic arms. Anyway, so yeah, so yes, I was I plugged it in, and there's a little drop down menu to choose which microphone you're going to use. That unbeknownst to me, I needed to click because you know everybody else would have probably done that, but I didn't. No. No, that was partially my fault because I was running off a, in fairness, you, you have been completely honest about your tech thing. I, w- my desktop that I was originally using did not have a microphone attached to it, never had. So when I plugged it in, that was the microphone. There wasn't one to select. It was just the microphone was this one. When I got my laptop, obviously it has a microphone which is always on, always recording you, just like the camera that's staring at me right now is always on, always recording you. Yeah, sending all the, I don't, so I was sending I don't all know that if, data to Google. I don't know if I'm joking about that or not. So when I got that, I noticed the drop-down menu, and I, I, I do apologize for leaving you out there all on your own trying to figure out how to use a computer. I was just I was just pushing the microphone up against the laptop, trying to get it to work, not even plugging it in, just kind of hitting it. It said to pair. It said to pair. I don't... Mm-hmm. Does that mean it wants to be on top of it? Is it what is are they gonna try to do something untoward? Pair? So all right, enough about that. So retrospective that's a, a real fancy word, not a clip show. We're just gonna talk about what we've talked about already and kind of give some highlights, I think, right? Yeah, that's exactly what we're we're going to do. I I personally wrote down uh top ten two top tens. One it was the top 10 of things that Hav picked for us to read. And the other was a top 10 of the things that I picked out to read. And uh, we can talk about that. Hav also wrote down some some things. What would yeah, what, you go over? I, I, I was having trouble. I just didn't, you know, top 10s for each of us, for some reason I didn't think of. I didn't want to just do a huge list of 10 or, I don't know, because I could make I could just list out everything, which is kind of what I did. What I did was I just tried to come up with the best, my favorite five comic books we've read over all these episodes that just, I really didn't look at the list that much. I just went off the top of my head that, you know, this is what I liked. And then when I went back at the list, I was kind of surprised at some of the stuff I left off my top five, Mm -hmm. because like I said, in large measure, with few exceptions, I... I enjoyed everything we read, even the stuff I we reread that I suggested from the '80s and earlier at some level. But we'll talk about the three, the disappointing list I have also because I have a list of the very few disappointing titles. Okay, so so here's yeah. the thing: I'm going to start out just with one of the things on my top ten list of what you picked. That's the first thing I'll do, and we can go on from there. We can talk about it for a real second. So, like I said, I did a top ten list. I've, I picked out ten. The first ones I did were the 10 of yours that I liked the most. So I didn't really order them. The last one I put on my list, but not because it's my favorite, but because I had to find something because I only had nine. Oh, ouch. So number 10 I went ahead and put is Under Siege. So honestly, it's only on the list because I called it a top 10 when I started and I'm kind of a completionist. So what Charles is in trying fairness, to say... Hold on. In fairness, there were only 23 suggestions to to choose from. So what Charles is trying to say is that I, more than half of the things I suggested, he did not enjoy. No, they did not reach a top 10 list. Okay. The, the, there has to be kind of a cutoff point when you're rating things, a top 10 list. So I, I picked that one because it was the first thing we read that you picked. I had a great time making fun of the comic. 
You did. And it has had a lot of themes that I have gone back to to make fun of since the beginning. There's a lot of these 80s problems with 80s comics that that one was an epitome of. And oh my God, even remembering now, the topical humor in it. That yeah. wasn't even really that topical at the time for the idea of this was directed to kids, yet they were doing, they had, they had Hooper type comment, topical humor in it. And Hooper was an R-rated movie, if I remember correctly, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a Burt Reynolds movie, right? Yes, it is. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was. From like the late 70s? Yeah, late 70s, early 80s. I don't, I don't remember, but yeah, it was... I'd forgotten about that too. And I appreciate you putting that in the top 10 because I, of course, recommended it or suggested it as the the first one because it's just one of my favorite all time. It is my it is my favorite Avengers story for a lot of reasons. It's back, you know, when I was reading comics every week and, and buying them. It was also just some heartbreaking panels that I just remember that are always going to be etched in my mind in covers. There's the, the the scene at the end, the panel at the end where Cap is on his knees in all his 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 little lockbox, which is just the size of like a like if a school you know like our school boxes that we would put our pencils in mm. when we were kids. It's out and everything's torn to bits, and it's all his you know mementos of Bucky and things from his past that that Zemo just destroyed just despite him, and it was just was heartbreaking. The other thing about that, there's a cover, not one of the ones probably everybody thinks. For some reason, the cover, and I don't know if you had this in your collection, there's a cover where Ant-Man and the Wasp are going to defend, it's either Jarvis or the Black, or or or, uh, or somebody else in the hospital, and it's them against like these super-powered, big, big, you know, strong people, and I just love that cover. So, there's that. I really, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed talking about it. I enjoyed, you are right, there is some great art. There is some really good stuff in it. And that, that's the thing. That's the reason why I grew up liking comics. There are things that are really good in this stuff. I just, as I've mentioned before, a lot of the 80s type comic, the writing was not as good. There was more, more talky talk, less showy show, which in a visual medium, you need more show and less tell. Right. No, that makes sense. Well, and, and just a couple other points since you brought it up. I, by the way, that did not make my top five. What? Um, it really didn't. No, because it just, it was, like I said, I just went by yes. what came to mind first. Mm-hmm. And it, it look, it's always going to be one of my favorites. And by the way, it's not like any other Avengers story cracked my top five either. Okay. But the other reason, it, that was the beginning of the end of Monica Rambeau, then Captain Marvel. Roger Stern, the, the writer, again, one of my favorite, my favorite Avengers writer and John Buscema was the the artist. Tom Palmer, who re- Tom Palmer recently passed away, was the inker on that on that uh, run. He recently passed away. That was mentioned all over the comic book Twitter and a great inker. But no, Monica Rambeau had been built up. It was a it was a character that I believe Roger Stern and and John Buscema, if I'm not mistaken, but for sure Roger Stern, I think came up with. She took over the title of Captain Marvel. She becomes chairperson of the Avengers, and then like we've talked about before, editorial knocks her down, makes her inept, and part of the reason why it's my understanding Roger Stern eventually left the comic. So that's another kind of weird historical thing that I found out, of course, since I read it. But yeah, that's one more reason. But anyways. A theme that I'm going to return to in this podcast and that we return to in many of our episodes that we've done is that learning things about a comic can make you like it more. 
for instance, looking back on this comic, because you have mentioned that on more than one occasion, it has made me like some of the things in Under Siege better because I'm coming at them from a different perspective. You and I were talking the other day offline about that I had read. I've read it a number of times. Someone wrote that it's if you have a favorite book, it's good to read it at uh, different points in your life. Because whereas it might still be your favorite book, you're going to get more things from it, different things from it at different stages in your life. And I find I've found that to be true. And one of the we'll talk about another one that's in my top 10 that I had read before and I didn't particularly like, but because of perspective, I really liked it the second time. So well, oh, go ahead. How, how did you rank? Did you rank your top five or is it just I, your top five? It's just I didn't rank them. Okay. And I was real fast. What you were saying about reading something and going back liking something more and then liking something less and just look i don't i don't want this to be a low lights or what we didn't like or bash on anything but we've mentioned this before when you reread why the last man mm-hmm. this time around when you suggested it you liked it the first time that's why you recommended it i absolutely then, fucking loved it and then i i was i remember reading it some of it and not really getting into it back when it came out and I don't didn't really have a reason. I was just like, yeah, not my thing. But then when you pointed out very succinctly, like, this is weird. Just because men go away, they can't make electricity work or society breaks down. It takes I, a penis to make electricity work. What have you not learned from what we've read in comic books? Well, yeah. And that's maybe another theme that, hey, sometimes the women folk need to just stand back and let the men folk deal with some stuff. Yes. And, uh, and if you don't believe me, if anyone listening doesn't believe me and they have a penis, stick their penis into an electrical socket and you'll see that that makes the electricity work. Yeah, yeah, it will. I'm sure it will. I bet you it will. Shock the crap out of you. Like literally, probably. Are you kidding? You probably shit yourself. <laughs> I just cracked myself up. Okay. So anyways, so yeah, I think that's enough about Under Siege. Oh, so let me, let me just give you one off of my list. Yeah, that, well, we can, that, was we what trade. I, that was what I was going to do. Is that's why I was asking one, you if you, that's why I was asking you if you had it listed out. So, because well, maybe some of these will be in common also. Mm-hmm. That, well, that was, yes. And maybe it's because I just really enjoyed a lot of the stuff. I'll tell you all right now, only one of mine made my top five that I suggested. Okay, so we, um, wh- which one is that? So let's do that since I'm going down. I'm using your list. So what? which of which on your list is one of yours? We three. <laughs> you know what the first one I wrote down on your list? And it, it just because it came up fairly early in, fairly early in what we read, We hmm. Three. That, really? That, yeah, that's on one of my favorites that you picked. And look, it's not because it's an easy read. Oh, God. No. Or it, But it is... Three issues, you can sit down and read it in an afternoon, and I'll dare anybody to not kind of be a little bit verklempt at times and just heartbroken, and yeah, it is just a really good comic book. I'll I'll just go ahead and read what I wrote under it. Uh, The sequential art was amazing, and it was was an incredibly sweet comic that was almost horrifically violent. And if you can—I mean, good Lord, they crammed together— just ridiculous violence with a poignant, beautiful animals finding their way home story. Right. You compared it, and and I didn't think of that. You compared it to like a Benji story. Oh, it's absolutely. I, I mean, yeah. it's a it it's the lost dog or cat traveling a thousand miles to its home. 
I mean, it's literally what the story is, except yeah. these are these are genetically modified animals that are designed to kill. Right. Like cybernetic, genetically yeah. modified, smart. And look, not surprisingly, it's it's by Grant Morrison. He, they were the writer. I think the art, if I'm not mistaken, and don't hold me to this, I think it was Frank Quietly. I might be wrong about that. Off the top uh, of my head, that sounds that sounds correct. So it, not surprising that they would come up with something good. But again, so yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad I'm glad it was the first one you thought of. Yeah, that that was great. So since, since I forced you to do one of one like that, give me. Oh well, I guess you have. No, I. Yeah, I got less, but I'll give you one more. No, no, you got less. Here, let me let me pull something else that I liked since you didn't. What's one of yours? How about that? Oh, no, no. Your, I'm going to do another okay. one of yours. Because okay. you're about to do four of mine. You said out of five. Yeah, I did. So so let's let's talk about some of yours that I liked. We'll, okay. we'll do that, and then we can hit. I'm going to guess most of your four are on my list of the ones I picked out. Or, or not, which will be interesting if they're not. So, Saga. Because we talked about Why the Last Man by Brian K. Vaughn. Saga by Brian K. Vaughn, which you selected, was amazing. I, I, I loved... I loved this comic so much that I went ahead and read everything, every one of the comics that had been written so far of that comic book arc. And it was, that was a, that was a chunk of reading. It was one of two comics I did this that you suggested of. I, I absolutely, damn it, where is it? Oh, there it is. So I I read everything. And honestly, right when I finished reading it, the comic started to drop again. And I mean, literally, I finished this huge saga of reading saga. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, and in two weeks, the next installment issue number, whatever it was, will drop on. And I got to be blunt, I did not get on a pull list. I am waiting for the next volume to hit the public library because it's free. There you go. Well, hey, and it, it was famously they went on a hiatus for years, a couple, a year or two, I think. It was a it was a good time that they were not putting out a monthly. Oh no, it saga. was it was years. Okay, that's what I thought. No, it was literally years. The the last thing I wrote about this, uh, oh, it's almost oh, it's also much less sexist than Why the Last Man, which the author, with which the author also wrote. Yeah, yeah. In fact, ooh, ooh, I'm sorry. Going ooh, back to go ahead. ooh ooh, and it has alien boobs. It does have alien boobs. Going back to Why the Last Man, and, and we, uh, because there was a TV show, and because we had talked about Why the Last Man comic book, I tried to watch the TV show, but it just was spoiled for me. I just it was like, I can't, I can't, I just couldn't get into it. I think so. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast. Uh, my sister in law and brother watched the show. Patrick texted me about this, and he he texted me that Rochelle basically. Lee ask him and it, it may be verbatim maybe where i get the you need a penis to make the electricity turn on made a comment to him right away why the hell can't women do things and by the way that's women like rochelle and every other woman i know are the reason why i looked at this and went what the fuck they're perfectly capable yes they'd be grieving but then a, a group of them would immediately get together and fix all this crap you would think so. So, but yes. anyways, so again, sorry to bring it back to that. But Saga, I'm glad you liked it. I, you also pointed out, I have the three volumes. I'd only ever read the first volume, and I still have the two other volumes that I still haven't finished. I started the second one, but I have the attention span of a gnat. I am just like, ooh, that's shiny and new and different. Let me read some of that. Or I just forget sometimes. There's shows, there's TV shows I've never finished that I just have a few like episodes left or, or seasons, like Supernatural. Never finished it. 
I, I got through like part of season 14 mm-hmm. and I just, anyway, so, well, well, so I, I need to finish it. Some things do go on too long. Saga actually has a path that they seemingly are going on. So, yeah. And, and real fast on speaking of Saga, I, the other thing I did, and I didn't mention this off the top. I kind of just divided up what we read into different categories or, or genres or things. Not themes necessarily, mm-hmm. but kind of maybe, but no, not really. Just and and I put Saga, of course, under sci-fi fantasy, space and opera, space. Well, space opera for sure. The other things I put under there, and nothing else made my list. Sixteen oh two, Mouse Guard, and then uh, even though superhero, a lot of science fiction and space stuff, Cosmic Odyssey and the Avengers Creed Scroll Scroll War, mm-hmm. also very sci-fi, you know aliens mm-hmm. extraterrestrials etc so I, I just wanted to tell you that we we do have a little in fact that's one of the smallest categories of or one um, of the smallest list of categories and i kind of been thinking i need to re- um fit, huh? yeah every single superhero comic can fall under fantasy or sci-fi a lot or sci- a lot can well, fall, well, well that's what i'm sure. saying they're all yeah. fantasy and a lot of them can be sci-fi no, you're you're right. No, you're right. And and I've talked to other people about this. I remember telling somebody that, you know, like for example, Spider-Man was science fiction. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a superhero. I was like, he got bitten by a radioactive spider. Yes, and that's... he and he also makes devices to help him. Yeah, that's his literally shooters, science fiction. His, I mean, he is a science fiction, and he's also in some ways a horror type comic because it came out from back in the days where timely had been doing horror comics they became marvel and started doing superhero comics but let's be blunt fantastic four is a kind of a horror thing they went through all of that i mean you look at the thing and then you look at spider-man bitten by a thing transformed into something else he is uh the hulk also i was gonna say definitely a horror yes dr jekyll mr hyde exactly so you have these themes that it, it's one thing to say things but so many of them that that one right there almost every comic fits into that yeah with the exception of maybe stump town i was yeah there you go and oh, oh and still so, since you mentioned that the other category uh, one of the other categories was was nor crime crime nor <laughs> and of course there's a few on the list and we can talk about it later or now whatever you want to do but Stumptown definitely was that was the first one i wrote down when i did my noir crime noir category okay with Stumptown. so just so you know okay so but yeah so, so what what was uh, you've only done one of your favorites what was another one another one of my favorites and the first one on my list that i thought of without looking at our, our list of our podcasts and suggestions flintstones that that's I, I, that's on my that's on my top 10 of my picks Absolutely, Flintstones is on the top ten of my picks. I went back and forth on it. I was for some reason I wasn't going to put it on, and I've sat sat there and thought about it. And I'm like, what the? F- why would you not put that on there? That has got to be one one of it's one of the f- my favorite comic books. And it's it, just the satire to the umpteenth degree. You know, mirror up to society. It was awesome. Yeah, I who could think that a comic book made from a cartoon could make you want to be a better person? Yeah. And make you think about stuff like there was that. I'm going to go back. We talked about it on the podcast because we both, I think, took screenshots of the one scene where the poor little elephant vacuum cleaner is talking to the armadillo that's a bowling ball. And uh-huh. it's so freaking touching and sad. And, I, I got chills they, thinking about they, it. Just they, now. They, they, they appreciate each other as friends. The best and, and, part of their day. Yeah. Oh, I still think about it. Yeah, chills. Seriously. Yeah. If you haven't read it, that, that's one. 
I, you know what? I don't care if you've never read a comic book. You will. I would. I would question why we're friends if you didn't like that comic book. <laughs> Seriously, I probably would. Now, if you if it's just not your thing, I, there's probably some reasons why some people wouldn't like it. But man, for my money, just go read it. And those reasons are wrong. Yeah, those those reasons are wrong. Everything about that comic book is just amazing. Yeah, all the little arcs you, when you, the world's going to end. When the world's going to end and everybody loses their shit. Oh my god! And the the newsman says, you know, just says all this untoward stuff, and he's got to apologize later when that world doesn't end. Oh, Anyways, and, and the man that's all about only all about the money, yeah, is alone and sad. I mean, yeah, I I like the subtle political stuff. Oh wait, there was nothing. There was nothing, <laughs> nothing subtle about this, and that more than anything makes it wonderful. I right. mean just the 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 lack of subtlety, the let's we're just going to bludgeon you with this. And that's unfair. It was it, it, there was no bludgeoning. It was all really well done, wonderfully written. And I'm checking something here cuz I swear it is one of our least listened to podcasts. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh really? I'm trying to What was it paired with? Oh, it was paired with Oh my gosh, Flintstones and The Eternals. Is what it was paired with. Yeah. And look, I will mention now since I just said the, it, said the it title. Is, hold on. It has been out for o- over a year and it is right. And it was our fifth episode and it is right in the middle of downloads of all of our podcasts. For a long time, it was one of the least popular and it, based on time it's been out, it is probably still one of the least popular. And I think that's because sometimes there's a lot of, those are not necessarily things people are looking for when or they're Googling. seeing keywords and it's yeah. not going to pop up and come across that many people. I would have thought the Eternals would help, but then the movie was, well, the movie was the movie. It was, it was okay. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I've only watched it the one time. I should sit down and carve out six hours to watch it again. But I just don't have that time sink a lot of the time. Yeah, no, it's 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 an inv- time investment, that's for sure. Oh, and since we mentioned Eternals, I'll also mention the one of you know one of my categories was disappointing. I know I always rag on Charles that he hates Jack Kirby, and that is a joke. I had never is read it? this. No. <laughs> so no, I, it, it's a joke that I'm just bagging on you. Look, I, I I big ideas. He was he was a brilliant artist. He had great ideas for story. Look, again, you've said it, and I'm going to borrow your phrase, a book of its time also, and this whole Chariots of the Gods thing. Good God. But I was a little disappointed when I read it. Again, the art is stunning. I love all his, everybody does, all his contraptions and machinery. The art is incredible. The the way he manages to draw the exact same character over and over and put different hair on them, that is beautiful. Oh, wait, that was not... Was that a anywho? No, the the way he does science fictiony type ships, the way he does the celestials, it is the celestials, right? Right. The okay. designs are awesome, and they of are. course they're borrowed. They he are. he borrows from everybody. Yes. I mean, I, Aztec design, and but it was cool. So, anyways, okay. So, what? Anything else about Flintstones? Or are you going to give me another off your list? I'm curious. Okay, I'll give you another one off my list. Let me see here. Hav comics that I enjoyed. Okay. Oh. Okay. Doom Patrol. This is where I'm going to go back to what I talked about at the front. I I loved how reading this from the second time, knowing how the author identifies, made the comic arc amazing. When I read it the first time, I really didn't get it. And that's what I'm talking about perspective. When you look at things from a different view, if you can 
if you don't, it's the whole not understanding something sometimes. And then you talk to somebody that sees it from a different way. And then all of a sudden you understand it because you just don't have the right perspective on it. That was a beautiful, wonderful comic. And I see where they got, did such a great job with the actual TV show that they're doing on HBO Max. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm glad you liked it. Kind of this. I mean, I read it. And then reading about the author, Grant Morrison, again, by the way, there's, there's another one of his, of their properties or, or, or books. Yeah, it was, it was cool. And they also did, and I just wrote it down, Animal Man. Like, I, I didn't enjoy that back when it came out, but that's something that they wrote that I think now I would probably, I need to probably read it. Maybe I'll suggest it just cold. I've, I, I don't think I ever read it. I, I don't, I don't think I did. And it's just because I had no reason. It just, anyways, I'm I, glad you liked it. I read it. I liked it. It was okay. weird. I think, well, I'd yeah, like, I think I'd like it more now, but I liked, I liked that because it was, that was just different, but not as wild ass different as doom patrol. You know what I mean? Cause I, and it also centered on one character. Yeah. Whereas Doom Patrol was a little more difficult to follow along with just because there was so much going on, i.e. team books. And he, unlike a lot of team book people, because it's not a team book in the sense that we're just drawing in all these other characters with their solo books. This is just their book. So he was really fleshing out and really doing each character very heavily. Right. And I think he they introduced in that initial run of Doom Patrol, Jane, that, that and she's prominently featured in the show. And it's cool that the show... to a large degree used and I've, I've seen some clips of the of the uh, really great actress that plays Jane and I forget her name off the top of my head she had a, a like a video on some social media platform where she was holding like the hard copy omnibus mm-hmm. of Grant Morrison Grant Morrison's run on Doom Patrol and he said and she said this is our bible for the show but when we have questions about character, you know, we'll talk about it. But a lot of times somebody or we'll just go and look at this, and which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. That and is I, cool. I've enjoyed that show immensely since we're talking about Doom Patrol just generally. I, one of the best comic book shows ever, top top three for me, maybe with Legion and uh, something else that I can't think of right now. But uh, it's just, uh, it was re- it's really good. Anyways. I'm glad you liked it. Okay, give me another one. Okay, the next one on my list. First thing we read that you suggested, Black Hammer. That is on my list of things that I posted as well. And I'll just say it was something I had never even heard of, I don't think, if I recall correctly. And then that was something I did read more of because that was, speaking of team book, there were just little mentions and little Easter eggs. Like when they talked about, oh my God, what's his name? Sherlock Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. I think was his name. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of a one-off, and he was a bad guy for the the Captain Marvel Shazam analog, and I'm forgetting her name. I was, and then when I found out there was like a whole little, not a whole little, but a, a run that they did just about him and her and their love. It, I was like, yeah, I'm in. I'm gonna read that. So it it was just a really, and then all the different homages to the different eras, Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age, Modern, Extreme Nineties. Just great. So uh, uh, I'm glad it made your list. too. Yeah. Well, I, I picked that because I loved it when I read it. And honestly, I legitimately thought it would be just a great jumping off point for the podcast just because of all the things you've talked about, how much it hit on uh, with a it's a it's a complete comic universe, brand new comic universe in a very limited number of issues. So I love the way the book meshed the horror and superhero comics. It almost brought me around to liking team books. 
Yeah. Well, and you also, real fast, you, you, get, you even get mythology in there. You get the, the new gods smashed with the Thor kind of mythology. And, and it's, I mean, they touch, it touches every, and it doesn't beat you over the head with it. It's just like, here's a little of this, here's a little of that, here's a little of this. Here's the non-powered super. Here's the overly powered super. It it has every single theme, trope, genre of comics you could possibly hope for. And they did that in two volumes. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. Now, real fast, you mentioned this is one of the things that, I don't know, it's just preference. Mm-hmm. I always gravitated towards the team mm-hmm. books because I like a bunch of characters. And I sure. like kind of, I think I liked the drama and the soap opera stuff and Uncanny X-Men from mm-hmm. Chris Claremont in the, in the 80s. And maybe, now that I'm talking about this out loud again, maybe it's because as a kid in the summers, I don't know about you or anybody else listening. In the summers, I would watch the soap operas sometimes. Like there are a few that I would just get hooked on. And they would have summer arcs that were, I think, more focused and targeted towards younger audiences because they knew they were home for the summer sometimes. And I got hooked on all my children. I remember there was one called Ryan's Hope. I remember that I watched a lot of over the course of various summers. So the soap opera thing... I liked from the team books. The other thing I was going to mention, different, but the individual book, the the book focusing on Spider-Man, your favorite character, for example, almost has some team aspects because a lot of these, these individual heroes have such a good, vast supporting cast where... You have Aunt May. You you have you have Mary Jane. You have Flash Thompson, and then with Spider Man, that's even four. Now I know it's focused on Spider Spider Man and Peter Parker, but there are some team aspects to to, to the individual book. Just not you know they're just not all superheroes, I guess. Anyways, yes, but also no. <laughs> well, you're every book has to have more than one characters. The the problem I have with the superhero books is that the team books more is the short shift that they give to certain characters in them so you have these characters i think i've said this before it's the reason why assembled of main characters shoved into a comic are not as good as x-men or doom patrol or anything that is just this group and that's their thing because i don't think of really fantastic four as necessarily a team book x-men is not necessarily a team book because that is the that is all these characters primarily exist in this comic instead of brought in from the outside. So when you get someone like Spider-Man when he's an Avenger, you don't get a good Spider-Man because they don't give him that much stage and they purposely don't give him that much stage because they want you buying the Spider-Man book. They might bring him in there just to kind of coax you to buy the book, but they don't do that and there are honest to god there are seemingly so many writers that don't particularly like spider-man that take the negative aspects of his character and really pump it up when he's in a team book huh okay i did read some of it when when he was first on the avengers back on bendis's run no no bendis did a great job okay because i was gonna say bendis i liked is awesome. it but i'm just uh, talking when they drop him when a lot of other bendis can write spider-man all day every day yeah i was gonna mention so speaking of you know heroes with their own book and then being in the team book one that I thought did a great job, and something we read and didn't make my list, and I doubt it made yours, the Justice League reboot in 87 after Crisis on Infinite Earths, when Batman is cracking wise and making jokes, and there's a couple, again, panels in that that stuck with me when he cracks a joke to Blue Beetle, and Blue Beetle's like, did, did you just make a joke? Hey, everybody's like, Shh. It, it, I don't know, just little things like that that was a little different characterization and maybe not 
entire but you know then we got the the, the same thing batman and jimmy olsen when <laughs> i was going when, to say that the only good no hold on i was literally as usual i'm just waiting for you to be quiet so i can talk so i was thinking about what i was going to say and what i was going to say is the only good batman joke is batman sitting in the bat cave after berating alfred with an air the steve martin arrow through his head gag on his head saying i'm hilarious <laughs> yeah that was funny. And then also from that Justice League, uh, one of my favorite scenes of anything I've ever read is when he punches out Guy Gardner with one punch. Yes. Which is now iconic, I think. Uh, yeah. Especially if you're a Justice League Batman fan. So weird tangent there about, but yeah, that's an example, I think, of where Batman, obviously with multi- uh, with a multitude of his own books, I thought was good. And, and that did, the did, that did not make my list. No. I know. I know. No. Anyways. Okay. Mainly, so Black because of, mainly because of Guy Gardner's hair. There was a lot of good stuff in that. I, I did enjoy that a lot. And I probably should have put that on the list thinking about it instead of Under Siege, but I just wanted to dunk on Under Siege a little bit more. Damn. But I did like it. I I, okay. I keep I tell you, Under Siege was actually pretty good for what it was. There was a there's a lot of really good stuff in there, and I would love to see somebody go back and redo it. Yeah, streamline that out. Get rid of some of the just overt sexism. Yeah, that'd be it, cool. It, while Roger Stern is doing a great job of not being a sexist, trying to promote women, getting in trouble for promoting women, and then it's just just poured on littered with 80s sexism like you do yeah so all right what what do you want to do next or are we, are we done with the, the with the black and the hammer what black hammer i just put those in between uh-huh black hammer uh-huh <laughs> okay go <laughs> wait, wait anything else on black hammer that no you, no that, no okay i'm gonna i'm gonna run through about three of these really quick okay that the, these are just three things three of the favorites i had of yours okay. mouse guard it's the most adorable swashbuckling adventure I've ever read. And it was. It was adorable. That's on my top 10. Battle Pope. It's about time we had another Pope that fucks. And he knows Kung Fu. Yeah, he does. Starman. It's about brothers and one's dead. I really love the leather jacket the third legacy Starman wore. I really did like that comic. <laughs> but the, the, those three are on my list. They were They were definitely favorites of mine. So... Battle Pope almost made my top five. Did it? It, it did, but yeah. it was. Uh, I, it, it would. It, it's not really one of my favorite. I like the. I like what it was about. It was there's there's a lot of good in it. It's not going to be thinking back. Oh, this is an amazing comic, comic. But I really did enjoy it, and we, we all need a Pope that fucks. Well, like they have, like, like they there used to. Been. Yeah, like exactly. they used to. Well, and and just you know, one of the categories uh, of or just of things that we have recommended to each other has been fun and funny comic books. And mm-hmm. of course, Battle Pope is in that category. And I'll just run off the list real fast that I made of that since we're talking about Battle Pope mm-hmm. and as part of the list of, of the top 10 that you just did. Um, Flintstones, mm-hmm. of course, Battle Pope. Miss Marvel was fun and funny. Yes. Gwenpool was fun and funny. Yes. Spider-Woman, She-Hulk, Jimmy Olsen, Next Wave. Mm-hmm. Just f- fun, funny, Sometimes a little uh, blue. Don't uh, don't, some, don't 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 bring that one up anymore. I know. No, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I, that was a joke. Yeah. But so yeah, those, those were fun. Those were fun ones, and yeah. So that was on, one of them. So I'm, I'm glad you like those. So on my list of things that I pick right here, top ten, Gwenpool, because I love her. That was one. Then right under it is Miss Marvel. See above because I love her. Both of these are love in a completely different way than it would be creepy for a 40-plus-year-old man to think about 
young women. I adore those comics because they were awesome. And I love the characters like I love Spider-Man. Oh, wait, no, that's sexual. Yeah, it is. You do have that full pillow sized Spider-Man that you keep. Don't think I can't, don't think I can't see it behind you propped up against the door. Um, I liked it also. You know, those two obviously were on my fun list. I, I got Charles. I cracked him up because there were new characters. Guess what? Yes. New characters can be awesome. Yes. And on top of that, you know what? Female characters. We've had enough, you know, sorry, everyone, but we've had enough dudes as superheroes and we've had enough white dudes as superheroes. Let's, let's, little diversity isn't a bad thing. There's still plenty of, if oh. it's not your thing, Although, fine. She-Hulk is a very derivative name. But I mean, then again, Hulk isn't that great either. Yeah. That well, have you watched the latest episode of She-Hulk? I literally took that line right from the last episode okay. of the show. Okay, right. before you go, oh my God, you just that was just like right out of you are correct. That is okay. right out of the show. God, I hope that doesn't stick. <laughs> that was yeah, awesome. It was, it was so great. That and a real this is a weird tangent. When when Bruce Hulk, Mark Ruffalo was talking to her to Jen, a uh, She-Hulk, and he's like, Yeah, I'm I am literally a different person than I was back then. When I when I fought the abomination because Ed Norton was I thought that was hilarious. Oh yeah, so. I, that didn't even click with me on that. You're right, that's brilliant. Yeah, just a little nod that yeah yeah. Mark Buffalo hasn't always been the MCU Hulk. Okay, so no, I, I yes, and Gwenpool by the way, another one of your comic book suggestions, uh, like you make the other suggestions on this mm-hmm. podcast. One of your other suggestions that I did read more because it was just a fascinating setup. I mean. Yeah, it was just so I just had I read more. When, when I, I put it on, when I put it on my list yesterday, I I didn't write this down and I'm glad I remembered it. I want them to do a Gwenpool movie and I want them to do a Gwenpool movie like they did a Deadpool movie. I think we need Gwenpool. I think actually they should bring Gwenpool into the next Deadpool movie. That would be cool. I was also thinking, you know, like they have the I know Harley Quinn is now in the movies and The Suicide Squad for example, more most lately, most recently. But the animated Harley Quinn, they could do an animated Gwenpool. I want a live action Gwenpool. Okay. Like All right. the Deadpool movies. Do not hey. harsh my buzz. Hey, I, I'm fine. May, let's let's get Caesar to call Kevin Feige and make it happen. He's holding out on us. He, I, I know he's got his number. Okay, cool. Do you want me to give you another one of mine? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh, give it to me. She-Hulk. All right. Uh, yeah. She-Hulk did not make my list. Huh. Not, not, okay, okay, this is going to sound bad. I don't know, I don't know why I did make, well, because I could only have 10, and I, I, was I say, really like, yeah, I th- that, that, that's, I'm looking at my list going, eh, it's because I, I could have put her as an addendum with Gwenpool, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, because I do, I absolutely love She-Hulk. I think I put Gwenpool and Miss Marvel because they're both brand new. Yeah, new and characters. And She-Hulk, She-Hulk is not brand new, I've been reading her for ever because i read her in the 80s when i was a kid yeah so it's a it's a little different but yeah so gwenpool so she hulk yes she hulk is great and then selfishly it was uh, you know i think we mentioned before my day job mm-hmm. is, is a lawyer you, you and the, the, the legal stuff in it was kind of was pretty good and funny i thought yeah and then her paralegal with the monkey oh, I, i'm a sucker for monkeys man Oh God! I forgot about the monkeys. I'm a sucker for monkeys. I'm gonna figure out how. To, I'm gonna suggest something with Detective Chimp in it eventually. Okay. In fact, yeah. Shoot, I'm gonna I'm gonna add that to my other list that I have. Oh, having um, lists. So, I, but yeah, I want I want. Speaking of, I want just a, a book about the paralegal and her monkey. That would be fun. Anyways, and but, and her yeah. and her mind control powers. Right. Yeah. Because she's got to have mind control powers. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was another one, and the art was great. The writing was great. Don't ask me who the artists, uh, writer artists, were on that because I don't have them off the top of my head, and I didn't take that good of notes. But it was a lot of fun, and I don't know that we read it thinking about the show. Did you? Did you recommend it because the show was in the works? Or she hold? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, that was one of the reasons that, okay. that I suggested. Plus, I love it. Gotcha. I. I Anything I suggest is something I think is really good, but part of it was that, that we were going to do a She-Hulk movie. Yeah, they, they were doing a She-Hulk TV show. Oh, shoot. And you know what? Since you already mentioned it on your list, mm-hmm. Gwenpool also made my list. Really? Just, you know, again, okay. because I, that was, I was thinking about what I read more of, and that was one that I immediately kept on reading. Okay. And I think I read everything I could find on Hoopla. That was Gwenpool. So we've already talked about Gwenpool, but I just wanted to, I just realized, oh, yeah, shoot, it's next on my list. Okay. So, yeah. No, that that's great. So I'm going to I'm going to talk about one of mine that you suggested what on my list that you suggested mm-hmm. that maybe of all this uh, definitely of all the new stuff this would be number 1 on my list of what you suggested. Okay. It it would have made a top 5 list of what we read and that's X Factor. I wrote down there uh, the notes I wrote under it is Hav proved he's been listening to me talk about comics for the last year and a half and made a pick that he was sure I would love and he was right. This is it is literally one of my favorite comic book runs of all time. And they just they just lean into the crime noir oh aspect my God. of it. The and detective. Go, well, well, beyond that, it's it's a detective. It's crime noir, and they talk about it being crime noir. So it's the it's the nod and the wink to the camera that I love that. In, in things. It is everything I could hope for. And you kind of suckered me because it's a team book. Except it's not a team book in that way because it's this is those characters. This is where those characters exist. They all have arcs that are developed. And Peter David did an incredible job with that. And it's just funny as crap on top of that. It's serious as hell, funny as hell. One just, of my all-time favorite comic book runs. I'm going to go back to the to the part where they find out Banshee died. <sighs> and his daughter's like, what are you guys acting so so sad about? It's so even if he's really dead, it'll be okay. He'll be back or something like that. It was just great. You mentioned real fast. That's another noir crime noir thing. So we already talked about. I mentioned Stumptown was on the list. X Factor under that. Yeah. I put Alias Jessica uh-huh. Jones under there. Yeah. I kind of put Preacher under there for some reason, oh, but not really. Preacher is definitely noir. It's supernatural and noir. Supernatural okay. fantasy noir. And then. Go ahead. Patrick, just go back real quick on that, that scene you were talking about. Yeah. Patrick sent me something and he said, this is, this is relevant to our, our latest podcast. So the last one we dropped, it is Mary Jane talking to spider, uh, Peter Parker, who's putting on his Spider-Man costume. And she says, look at you, you're wounded. And he says, come on, MJ, you know, I get better fast. She goes, yeah. What if you die? What are you, what are your odds of getting better then? He replies, <laughs> seriously, surprisingly good. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yes no i would definitely say to go back to what you're saying that preacher preacher would fall into a nor and then just real fast the one that i didn't know where to put it on any list a bitter root which didn't make my list but was really good by the way it just didn't quite make it i don't know where i don't know how to categorize that it was fantasy. just so it, it was awesome fantasy fantasy supernatural supernatural right? it's definitely su- supernatural do you have a supernatural category i, I didn't have a supernatural. Okay. that you say that you know uh, what? Okay. Um, Anyways, horror. Do you have a horror category? I'm going to kind of combine those. Yeah, supernatural horror, that, because that, that falls into that kind of... And then Preacher and Bitterroot would go under there. Preacher and okay. Bitter... Yeah. Anyways, uh, okay. And, and the Flintstones. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did have Bitterroot on my list of the things I suggested. 
Yeah. I. <laughs> so bitter root because preparing this made me go and look up volume two of bitter root. That that was oh, cool. that was what I wrote it because I was going through it and I was like bitter root and I promised myself I would read keep reading it and then I just didn't. So I did borrow volume two. I haven't read it yet because I got to read the other stuff, but I'll, I'm going to read more bitter root because I really it is really a good comic. It is really good comic and look it it I I was seriously I think I almost wrote it down but there was one that I had to include in my top five. I also like it because guess what persons of color mm-hmm. uh, some some African African American or black dudes mm-hmm. are are the creators on it and again diversity everyone not a bad thing mm-hmm. I, I, very cool is is very very good. Do you want to give me some off of your list your top ten besides well, bitter root? I wasn't done with the ones you did. Okay, go ahead. I, I go, got go, through. Go. I got through most of them, but uh, we yeah. we we touched on Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, and I, that that goes on your list because you and I discussed who got to recommend that because we well actually you came out of the blue and recommended it, but it was on my list of things to recommend because I we both saw it running through comic book Twitter talking about it, and it's Matt yeah. Fraction, and Matt Fraction is awesome, which leads me to something that's on my list of the ones I suggested, which is Hawkeye. And any list of my favorite costumes will have Matt Fraction's Hawkeye run, bro. Bro, <laughs> that, I, I, that's what I wrote. Any list of let me let me do that that line again. Any list of my favorite comics will have Matt Fraction's Hawkeye's Hawkeye run, bro. Come on, bro. I really loved every aspect of that, and I loved how much of that that they used for the Hawkeye show. Agree, and yeah, I including yeah. the tracksuit mafia. The, oh my god. Yeah, that was awesome. The, didn't they have a large chase scene too in the car? Oh, they they absolutely did the yeah. chase scene with the car. And he ref, remember he refused to steal the car, which yeah. is basically he refused to basically steal the charger that they wrecked because oh no, we can't take that car. That that we can't mess up that car. I'm not messing up that car. And then it gets destroyed anyway, which and was trick just arrows. awesome. And the oh god, the trick arrows they did the whole trick arrow thing was just it, yeah. it, it, it was just awesome. The logo for the show is the same as a comic. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They, um, they they did an amazing job with that. So Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen again, Matt Fraction. Other the other one that I don't think I've mentioned was the Golden Age. That was on my top ten of the ones you picked. I mean, truly the top nine. I see what you did there. So the Golden Age, it really goes into something that I don't know if this is a theme or a genre, but I. I wrote down that I, I, I love comics that put soups in a real world type situations. And the whole idea of this combining a red scare with superheroes and then it's being spurred on by a body swapped ultra humanite and a body swapped Hitler. How awesome is that? I mean, it was just incredible. It, it was just, I just loved the golden age. Tons of stuff I, I like about comics. So you didn't put Marvels on your list? That's the last one on my list. Oh, okay. I, I was, five. Okay, I didn't know if we got into. I apologize. I I ruined your. I, oh I ruined shoot! Your big you table. know what? I can't count. I had. I thought it was a top five. It's a top six. I Marvels. I wrote oh. down too. Whoops. And and Marvels is not the last one. Okay. So it's just I was saving the best for last. Okay. Quite well, frankly, I Marvels is on my list because it's a love story to comics, and I've followed that story my whole life. And as as we're doing this, and it's because we love comics. Right. So, did you have any? Apo- oh, God. I was going to say, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, because i not good with what they call the numbers and counting. I, mine is actually a top six list because <laughs> I just, I scribbled down quickly and I didn't really count. I was like, okay, top five. 
because I wasn't going to do top 10. But anyways, yes, Marvel's would definitely not be the last on my list. It is, the art is spectacular. The story is, stretches decades and goes through every iteration and era of the Marvel universe. Yeah, it was just, and it's, and it's not, you would think something like that would have to be like three or four volumes, you know, and it's not, it, it, and it doesn't have to be. And it kind of shows what you can do with, you know, with picture books and, and really beautiful art by Alex Ross. So yeah, it was, it was, it was great. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said it. How many more? Don't you have a few more on your list, Charles? I, your top 10? I am done with yours, but yeah. No, I yeah. I'm sure you have maybe three left. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Oh, before I forget, Hawkeye, Noir. I forget. I should have put that on the Noir list. Yes. Hawkeye is definitely Noir. So, so that. things on my list, just to run through a couple of them. I've got Spider-Man. That's because it has two Spider-Men. So it's twice as awesome. And because of it, and because of it, quite bluntly, we truly wouldn't have had the Spider-Verse movie, which is the best comic book movie that's ever been made. You're not the first person to say that. I've said that multiple times on this podcast. Yeah. So maybe you're just thinking you've heard it before because I've said it before. No, there you are there are some it. other there are some yeah. other people that think that, but I mean, and I not that I don't love Marvel movies and the original Superman movie. That's where I was going to go. But this actually did comic books in a comic book way because they used animation because there's been so many animated comic book movies that DC does so many. And by the way, a lot of those DC movies are better than the DC other stuff, but they don't really hit comic books the way this did. They put it into a visual medium and still got the crack pow, boom, that switch from when they went from Miles Morales not having spider powers to when he woke up the next day as, why is my voice so loud in my head? What? Did I, did I grow? It's not puberty. And, th- and then the thought bubbles popping up and then doing all of that in a movie was just like sitting there in junior high reading a Spider-Man comic book. I agree. So I'm not, I'm, it's, it's, look, I don't know. Of course, it's your favorite comic book movie, anybody's favorite comic book movie. There are a lot of good ones. Yes. Uh, it's, 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 I, it's a stop down movie for me when I see it on the TV. I can say that. I will, I, it, pretty much any, anywhere it's, it's at because I know we're, we're you mentioned Spider-Man, but we're talking about Spider-Verse, the movie. Look, the fact that they got Nick Cage to do the noir Spider-Man in that, because I heard his voice and I was like, who the, who the hell is that? It was driving me crazy watching the movie in the theater. And that when I, when I saw it in the credits, because I, I couldn't place it during the movie. And when I saw it in the credits, because I knew immediately John Mulaney was, you know, Peter Porker, uh, Spider-Ham. But that, the, the, so when I saw Nick Cage on the credits, I was like, well played, well done. So anyways, yeah. And Spider-Man was good too. Look, everything you're, you're saying that's on your list, I, I enjoyed. And Spider-Man... Was good. Hey, Spider Island. I that almost made my list. That's that's on my list. Okay. Because how do you the, feel about Spider Man? Hold on. Sorry. A second. Go ahead. Hold on a second. Let me let me find it. Did it? Hold on. Is it on the list? Spider Man. Oh. Ultimate Spider Man. Oh. Ooh. No. Maybe I didn't put. <gasps> I didn't. I didn't because I was already putting Ultimate. two. And honestly, I love that. I love Spider Island. But there are so many better. I, I'm trying. I was trying to ease you in because I'm going to do some other. I, I I'm planning on doing other Spider-Man arcs that Dan Slott did, and I really felt like you had to read that to read some of this other stuff. So that was like the kind of the first one, and then I threw the Spider-Man because it, once if we're going to ever get to the Spider Verse that Slott did, Spider-Man needed to be read. You needed to have some good with Miles Morales. 
And then you also kind of needed Ultimate Spider-Man because it's a great way. Well, how did I put it? Ultimate Spider-Man because I never get tired of seeing Uncle Ben killed. (laughs) And then I went on. But I better never have to see Aunt May die again. Yeah. Those motherfuckers. That was rough. That's some fucking bullshit. Talk about not seeing that. I did not see that coming. Fuck them. It was, it was, yeah. And hey, I like seeing um, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei on screen. There's that too. I'm just going to unabashedly say that. And it was cool that she was cast as Aunt May and just like, oh, just gut punch. Ants, ants come in all sorts of varieties. I just always go back to from Avengers or Captain America Civil War where, where, which is really a, a, an Avengers movie, by the way. But Captain America Civil War, where, where Tony Stark goes to Peter Parker's house and he talks about his unusually attractive aunt, uh, just like in passing. It was just hilarious. This nod to like, hey, look, we know we got Marissa Tomei as M.A. We get well, it. And it's it's even more so because the two of them dated a long time ago. Did they really? I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Ah, so I they were having they that. were having fun with that. Okay. Yeah, and she moved on because he was a druggie. I have no idea why they moved on or anything, but that probably didn't help. No, I would bet it didn't. Okay, so cool. No, I look, and I have enjoyed, I think I told you, I read a little bit of Spider-Man, but I think I also told you when I read it, I think it was Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends were the writer artist on it. Mm-hmm. So that was my limited. And then I just, again, back then, team book versus individual mm-hmm. comic, I went for the more characters because that was how the... The economics worked in my head. It's like, I get more characters if I buy Avengers, X-Men, Fantastic Four. I don't know. Anyways. But yeah, I I, I enjoyed... I enjoyed... Oh, and I was going to say about about the the Spider Island. I know it didn't make the list, so it's quote-unquote, but also really kind of good introduction because... Dance a lot, right? The the writer mm-hmm. did such a good job. Look, I didn't know Jack Wagon about what had been going on prior, you know, immediately prior, but did a very just like comics when we read them back in the eighties would give you the little like, you know, contextually get you up to speed. Same thing. I mean, Flash Thompson, Aunt May, and Jay Jonah's dad mm-hmm. dating. You know, you, you they didn't just mention it and let it, you know you you got to pick it up and you didn't have to have read the five, 10 years prior to jump in there at that point and read Spider Island. It, it was it was cool. So yeah. I think the only one I haven't mentioned on my list at this point is Powers. And that's because I can never read enough Bendis. Just absolutely love Bendis. And I love Powers. I, the funny thing is that the part we read at the very beginning part, I like more of it better. That was just the lead into it. And it's just so much and it goes so far and it does so many different things going through that run that I absolutely love. Well, speaking of things, you know, you mentioned there's a ton of stuff. And that's that's, Noir. Oh, no, I I was just going to say it's on my Noir list. (laughs) I was was wondering if you were going to mention it. It's on my Noir list. And speaking of stuff I've promised myself, I'm going to get back to reading more. Because they, you know, like good writers do, or any any good writer does, especially Ben, it sets up so much stuff that you want to learn more about, and you, you're pretty darn sure you're going to learn more about the little girl, you know, Christian's history, you know, amongst other things. And it's a, and, and again, a whole new universe that I'm not familiar with, which is enthralling. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I still like Marvel, I still like DC, sure, but it is cool, like Black Hammer like Powers, like Preacher, Bitterroot, etc. These whole new universes to explore is just mm-hmm. awesome. 
Yeah, it really gives the writers and the artists something to do outside of what the big two want them to do. They're not weighed down. They don't have to reset a character back to nothing. We're gonna we're about to read and talk about Invincible, which the brilliant thing about Invincible, and it is a long run, but everything that happens in that comic stays happened. There are repercussions for every single thing that happens in Invincible, and as it goes forward, those things happened. They are still real to the characters. They don't just kind of, oh, that, that, yeah, sure, that happened back here, but we don't ever talk about it. So, and, and oh, go ahead. Well, Powers does the same thing. Right. Throughout its, well, through its run. I was about to ask about Invincible, then I answered my own question in my head if we had read Kirkman before, but we did because he did Battle Pope. Yes, that is correct. But, in, but, Battle Pope was a lot smaller sample size, and I think it had to be. I don't know how. I don't know that you could do a hundred issues of Battle Pope. Maybe you could. And but then, I, and then yeah. Battle Pope was his first thing, wasn't it? it was, that was yeah. him and a buddy on a a not even not even one of the big imprints, other mm-hmm. imprints. I mean, this wasn't Vertigo or Dark Horse or what? I know Vertigo. I don't know. The image, name, image, image, yeah. image was what I was thinking. No, it was eventually picked up by Image a few years after it came out. It yeah. was black and white. But it was, it, a, yeah, it was a black and white comic. He and a buddy did for some self-published seemingly i which is makes it even more incredible yeah yeah so but no i'm looking forward to invincible because i did read a fair a few volumes i want to say three or four of the first i mean that's how many volumes is it charles do you know the whole run invincible i don't know yeah it's a a lot lot. but yeah but anyways i'm looking forward to that and and since you mentioned invincible snacklepuss i believe same writer that did flintstones if i'm not mistaken i might are not mistaken it is also mark russell yes okay so yeah I was going to say a couple other real fast. The uh, oh, dystopian is what the other category of comics. Although not not as many as I thought. Squadron Supreme. So not as many as you thought. Uh, the accusations of me and my dystopian hellscapes that I keep suggesting. Maybe I was a little harsh and yeah, harsh, harsh. with that. Uh, especially since one of them, two of them, I suggested. When I say dystopian, yeah, I guess take it real generally. Squadron Supreme. We three. Why the last man? Old man Logan. Oh yeah, I I don't I went back and forth about putting Old Man Logan on as one of my favorites because it was I, good. I love that comic. I I enjoyed reading it, but when when I say like, ooh, I want to read more of that, I don't know that I want to read more of that universe because it's so shitty. Yeah, there's there's not that much more in that universe. Although they did an Old Man Hawkeye, which is worth reading. They okay. also brought Old Man Logan into the six one six. That's right. I think you told and me when, that when Wolverine is dead they brought him in and that's when you kind of find out that he's not he's really not from the 616 that's not their future necessarily because he is hell-bent on stopping it from happening but i mean wolverine's dead in this world and it's it's a really good run he meets x x what's her name x number it's a number i know that's Uh, what i'm 19 I, what that's what I was, had in my head, but it didn't sound right. It doesn't so, sound right to me either. It's probably correct because we're both like X-19. I don't. I don't know, man. Yeah. Speaking of non-popular with two good comics, that is one of that. That only has 31 downloads. Old Man oh, Logan really? and Justice League The Nail. And those are two very good comics. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed both of them. And yeah. The Nail. Yeah. Just, you know. Else worlds, all that stuff. X twenty three. Does that sound right? X twenty three. Yes. Okay, that's gonna drive me crazy. Yeah. Let me see if there's any other notes I made. 
I don't think so, man. We we covered a lot, but no, it's look, it's oh the other. Uh, so I, I mentioned uh, the dy- dystopian stuff, and then the other one is I'm gonna get away from saying mind rape because that I, you know rape is a real thing, but the mind wipes. I mean, it, but you you know what I, it, it is. It, it, it is a violation. Fairness, in fairness, I it is a very very apt use of the word, isn't it? I mean, that's what they're doing. It's a mind rape. Okay, well, they're forcibly they're forcibly destroying parts of people's minds in fiction without their consent. I know, I know, it's a good analogy. Anyways, I'm just going to point out X Men Deadly Genesis mind control. You want to say mind control? That's fine. Mind mind control. Forcible mind mind control. Yes, and ugly, non consensual Uh, mind control. There you go. Well, because you know all that consensual mind control when you're role playing. Well, so (laughs) make me your puppet, Daddy. Oh my God. So X-Men Deadly Genesis, Jupiter's Legacy, Squadron Supreme, all different stuff having to do with mind wipes, mind control. Are there any others? But I, again, I thought there were more of them. But when I really went down the list, it's just, I guess, it's just so horrendous when you read it. And it's it is so ugly and just like, eek, that's that's nasty. It sticks out. But I, those were the three that I came up with. And I couldn't anything really... Anything with X-Men in it is tangentially mind rapey because charles xavier is the king of mind rape and children soldiers well yeah his child soldier thing and yeah was there any mind control in x factor that i'm blanking on there must have been at some point in time i bet i just there, I, I know I, I, there there was at different times later i don't remember okay. exactly during our, Not our run, run we read no i don't yeah. think so but Okay. That was that was another little thing I wrote down that there seems to be a not as much as that as like well, the dystopian did you, stuff. I did you put Jupiter's was, Legacy? Yeah, I thought I said it. Oh, I, I don't know. You, I meant you. Oh, okay. I was reading yeah. other stuff when you read that. Sorry. Yeah. See, I, I got uh, distracted, and then I'm looking at a list of the the things. Gotcha. No, Jupiter's Legacy, absolutely. And look, there are a lot of things that I could have put on. I should have made a top ten list, maybe. Should have, but I didn't. So Jupiter's Legacy was one of the most recent things we did. Shoot. Oh my God, I'm blanking on it. I strayed away from that as one of my favorites because of uh, recency bias. Uh, yeah. You know what? And what's the one where Charlize Theron was in the, the Netflix movie? Old Guard. Old Guard. That was another one. I just recently watched the movie, and but it's been a little bit since, and I liked the movie and I didn't, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't put it on my list. That's okay. You only had six on your list. I, yeah, and I thought it was five because I can't count. I mean, I'm, so it, it's like, smart. I left all of these things off my my top five. Well, yeah, but that's because there's only six of them. I mean, yeah, I I would have had no trouble filling a top ten list of just everything we did. Yeah, and that's really what I was because I, I mean, there there's forty. What there we did twenty five of these because we had fourteen the first season. We've done ten, so that's twenty four. Yeah, so forty eight comic arts. And you couldn't come up with 10. I didn't want to just no, I'm, do... I'm just, just, I'm just teasing. I'm teasing, teasing, teasing. I probably would have been... I, you know what? Seriously, Jupiter's Legacy, again, new universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was great. So anyways, so yeah, this has been a nice little walk down fairly recent memory lane. But, you know, there was some stuff... Like, it was also interesting to go back and see what we paired together in... in it just randomly some of it was really kind of worked out and some of it was like huh that that's you know when we did preacher and jim superman's pal jimmy olsen was when i wrote down just talk about a weird that was a big big disparity and then anything paired with battle pope was going to be weird i thought it, was, well, it just happened to be powers which is kind of cool that we actually had powers and, and battle yeah kirkman and bendis together because and both on independent con- comics 
worked well. They were also independent comics from close to the same era. Yeah. I think Battle of Pope was older a little bit, maybe. Yeah, the, so, some of the some of the compare the, the things. I mean, we did She Hulk and the Cree Skull Roar. Yeah, I mean yeah, that. We did. I mean, but sure, they're both Marvel, but you talk about a disparate, totally different kinds of comics. Sixteen oh two and Mouse Guard. I thought those kind of went together, kind of fantasy sure ish, sure, you sure. know. But yeah, Mouse Guard. Yeah, I'm. I, I think I said it during that podcast. I know I did. I am shocked that hasn't been translated to something animated, something on like HBO Max or Prime or or something, because it seems like it'd be. Per- Although it is kind of violent, you know what? Now that I said it, it is cute little mice doing incredibly violent things with swashbuckling swords. So, well, our most popular via downloads podcast is is also one that is definitely a weird pairing it's gwenpool and batman 10 knights of the beast i think you've mentioned that to me maybe off offline before Mm -hmm. and i think we both kind of decided maybe it's because batman is search heavy except i i swear there's some other bat stuff and i do think that's that's part of it but i love i i in my head mind canon type thing it's because people really want more gwenpool there you go I, and I, I'm going to stick to that. See, this is where looking at things, you interpreting data, you can make mistakes because I'm pretty damn sure it's not Gwenpool. But in my, my mind, I want it to be Gwenpool. Sure. Especially wanted- since that was just such a, that Batman arc. I mean, Batman and the Beast with two backs was not. <laughs> Especially because I wanted, I did not, on reread, it was, it, it was, uh, I remembered it fondly. I'll just say that. And it, look, there was we did talk about some interesting stuff. Look, I love Jim Aparo, the the the, the artist on that. There in was fact, some good his, stuff in it. There there was his, some good stuff in it. Yeah. Well, and, and I and you know it's funny that now that we're talking about it, we're just kind of rambling now. But I'm sorry, Jim Aparo's birthday was just uh, Wednesday. I forget how old. I think he was born in 32, so he'd have been 90. He's no longer with us. But I've said many times on the Twitter. I probably said it here. That's he's my Batman artist. When I think of Batman, that's. It was his comic books when he was artist when he was artist that I was buying Batman and Detective Detective Comics. One of the few, if not maybe the only single character comic I was really buying consistently back then. You're so, so basic. Yeah. yeah, Batman. You know. Yeah, you're you're it's, basic. It's okay. I'm gonna go with Batman because so, Spider Man. Spider Man so so edgy. I, I, I was gonna say I I just read and my favorite character is quite possibly the most famous comic book character going right now. Uh, going right now have been going on for a long time has maintained yeah. more longer because you can say superman all you want but super yeah that yes yeah, superman has it hav is waving his hand up and down yeah as if any of y'all could see him do that except me yeah no true 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 so i did make and I, i'm just going to mention it since i have the list here disappointing mm-hmm. i already mentioned eternals why the last man batman tonight's of the beast on reread again remembered it fondly Oh, so that was, was on your that was on your was, disappointing list. It was it was okay. It's just you know like yeah. we talked about, very heavy on the politics and the era and Star Wars and the Red and Cold War. I, interesting, also they were putting disapp- Star Wars in it for the search engine results because Star Wars was really popular back then. There you go. And they were hoping people would get confused with the movie as opposed to Ronald Reagan's. Oh wait, there were no search engines. Never mind. I what have made you, a mistake. The internets, the interwebs didn't exist back in whatever that was, 86, 87, 88. Um, Avengers Forever is the other disappointing, which I read it back when it came out and liked it. And it didn't love it, but I remember liking it. And then on reread, it was just like, eh, that is, didn't, 
I would have expected to like it as much. It was just more of, God, there was a lot of fluff and exposition and things that didn't matter. And they did the whole split up. I mean, now that I'm splitting up into teams to do things and then re-congregating to tackle the big bad at the end. I know it's been done before. But anyways, there was another one that was like, ah, I was disappointed, especially since that was our finale, right? Well, but we also also had Marvels on there. Right. I will say about Avengers Forever... When they split up, it worked better because it got it down to a smaller group uh, that that could that could focus on those characters that are in that group, and I think that's part of the reason why they do that. But yes, it did not work to me. The whole thing didn't work that well. Much like we want to talk about disappointments, not not disappointments of things that didn't work out. Which one was the when they bring Batman and Superman out to work with uh, Darkseid? Cosmic Odyssey. Cosmic Odyssey. Which I still liked, but you you were like, eh. That was everything wrong with the new gods. I, I, I liked it a lot. And, and, I still and I'm still irritated, irritated at when they brought them in and then Darkseid walks out and Superman goes to immediately attack him. I, again, that right there, big problem with team books. Let's take this character that would never do that in his book he would have a conversation first because superman always wants to have a conversation first i don't know man the superman on the boys you know he's the new superman and homelander he seems to fight first and ask questions later so and he's my new superman i'll just let you know that right now america first man love it or leave it anyways uh, no i agree that that was funny and then also the nitpicks on that so we're going to make teams out of this this group of heroes and we're going to send them out on missions, but we're going to put Batman and the, and the other least powered individual, we're going to put them on a team and send them to Earth, but we're going to put Orion and Superman together because Jesus, those are the two most powered people, by the way, probably strength wise. You just say, come on, who's who's coming up with this? This you know, you're setting up for failure here, man. So I just thought that was funny too. There, there's nitpicks you can do of anything, of course. I was nitpicking with somebody. I was watching, I think Empire Strikes Back was on. And I was just sitting there and I was like, huh. And of course, I haven't seen the prequels now, you know, Phantom Menace, et cetera. So Ryota was going to train up Luke on Dagobah. And even if he had trained him longer, like who knows how much longer he would have trained him before he sent him to confront. But that Luke on his own was going to be able to, to beat both the Emperor and Darth Vader when Yoda and Obi-Wan in their heyday, when they were in their prime, couldn't do it. I was just like, eh. and then eventually, really, he doesn't. He's about to die, except for Darth, you know, stepping in at the end, Anakin, well, blah, blah, blah. But Well, first off, he A, trained him a lot longer than what we saw in the montage, because the image he got back, because you have to deal with what space they, in order, in the time it took them to go from the garbage heap without, what do you call it, without hyperdrive to mm-hmm. get to Cloud City was months. It was months. Second, he told him he wasn't ready to go fight Darth Vader. I know. I'm okay. just saying. I'm, and he learned saying, a lot. Have trained him for another year or two. Well, they didn't I, have a year or two. Settle down. And, it's the force. And, I didn't, I didn't and he's know a very about, powerful oh, I didn't force think, user. I didn't think about all the the time relativity thing and not having the, the because, hyperdrive. Uh, you, oh, you want to know the you want to know the thing? You know the torture of Han Solo? Yeah. Where he said they didn't they didn't ask me any questions. Uh-huh. You know what Darth Vader was doing? He was sending that back in time to lure Luke to come get them. Is this like in the novel or something? No, this is this? this is people online talking about this. And it actually I, makes perfect sense. I got the impression because I didn't think they were in the Millennium Falcon for months. I thought 
there it was maybe a few days mm-hmm. and Luca just started training for like a week. If you, so No, uh, but but it's not because they didn't have hyperdrive. Do you know how big space is? What, like four by six? Yeah, it's about 10? that. Yeah, it's about okay. that. Okay. Anyway, so that was one of my nitpicks. And then the other nitpick, not nitpick, but in, in everybody's bad. The other thing is, look, I, I'm nitpicking because I love Star Wars. You know that. When you go back and we we hold Star well, you Wars. Are, in, in fairness, you are talking about the worst Star Wars movie in Empire. Well, well how? What? <laughs> okay. So, know, yeah, you dude, drew, you drew I, me off, I, you drew I, me I off sides on because that. Because I know that's your all-time favorite. So yeah, you, I was like, "What are you seeing? Oh, how dare you! I'm about to jump through this this I, video. I, I, yeah, I'm gonna freaking to... choke you out! How dare you? No. So I was I was just thinking about this the other day. Speaking of, because I'll watch it when it's on. I'll put it on the background if I'm doing stuff around the house. Everybody bags on certain stuff. It's not their, you know, oh, it's not my Star Wars. You know, blah blah blah. You know, Rise of Skywalker, you know, whatever, Last Jedi. If you go back and watch Star Wars, now called The New Hope, at the very beginning especially, Luke is whiny and not very likable, quite yeah. frankly. And and just like, I'm not, it's it's funny that by the end you're, you're rooting for him. They do a good job, but man, and he really kind of just always kind of sour pussy and, you know, you know, he, just. He, it, was, it was who he was. He's, he's a little farm kid that, just kept being told no when he wanted to go off and do things, and then always, but always he was also the future. farm boy of a f- uh, that he was actually afraid to go do those things. So, anyways, I just was saying at the beginning he's kind of mm-hmm. he's kind of a whiny bitch. Yes, that's all. He's, so, he's, no offense. Yeah, what, why? I, I, I don't know. I was trying to do the super bad when he's making fun of the home ec teacher. Your job sucks. No offense. I'm never going to use this shit again. No offense. <laughs> when am I going to need to cook a, sou- a souffle? Anyways, hey, we're just rambling now. I'm yes. sure. I'm sure all of this is going to make not the podcast. It's going to make. It's going to get cut. So there's that. But how do how do people find the podcast, Charles? The internet. What is the internet, Charles? No, Havandcharles.com. J a v a n d Charles dot com. That's really. You know what? That's. Let me just uh, self promote. That is my go to now when I want because you go there, you can send us a message. You have all the links to Spotify and all your other platforms that you like list if you you know, Apple, whatever. But then also like I have my Twitter handle and and I'm somewhat active on the Twitter. It's Hav Gonzo Tweets. You can find uh, find that find me there most of the time. Charles is as is at Herring Red Real. I did it. I did it. <laughs> so and then the podcast one, I always forget though. What's the Twitter handle for that, Charles? J and A N D C Talk Comics. There you go. Boom. And yeah, thank you all for listening. And Charles, thanks for doing the podcast yet again with me. You're very welcome. Thank you everybody for listening. Like and subscribe. And we will talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye.